Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I read this sermon last Monday to prepare to preach in a camp in another city. And when I read this sermon, I feel like, oh, I think my church need to hear this. So I changed my mind that I need to preach here first. I never preached this message. It's a very fundamental message that we all Christian need to know. And I am so excited to share with you because the message really spoke to me. I wrote this sermon a year or two ago when the pandemic was so bad at that time that our church. Uh, was shut down, and we need to do online for three months. We shut down for March, and we open again. I believe in June or something like that. March, May, April, May in June. So during the pandemic time, many of us become more self-reflective, or we start to evaluate our priorities. We heard the news that people dropped dead in New York. In Seattle, Washington area, all over the world, people die. We began to wake up and see what should we do with life. We start to evaluate our priority because who knows? We may be one of them that die early. Actually, my partner—I don't want to tell you the name—he is a neurologist. He just retired about a year before the pandemic. And he moved to another state, and suddenly I heard the news in the email that he was intubated and he was in the ICU. Very good neurologist, actually. Pastor Diver saw him, and a few weeks later we find out he was dead in the ICU due to COVID-19. It was so sad. I cried. I I missed him because we worked together for more than 20 years. I would like to read from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter seven, verses two to four. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. Listen to this. This sentence: For death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. But the heart of fools is in the house of pleasure. Matthew chapter five verse four say, "Bless are those who mourn, for they should be comforted." What does it mean mourning here? It doesn't mean being sad, but the Bible talk about godly sorrow. I try to study this scripture and find out that the word mourning here. It means I have godly sorrow when I sin against God. I have godly sorrow when I reject God, when I am stubborn toward God, and this is true. I have godly sorrow when I see the people in the world living in sin and they are doomed to destruction in hell. I have godly sorrow when I see some Christian in the church that I know make wrong decision, and that decision will lead to next problem. And will impact that children. I have this grief and sorrow in my heart, off and on, when I see people make wrong decision in their life. 
This is not about being sad, but it's a grief of the Holy Spirit inside my spirit. People who understand this principle understand that we need to really watch our life carefully. What we do each day, how we live. Actually, the COVID-19 virus did not come from God. It came from the sin of this whole fallen world. That's why virus came. But this virus really shakes us up and really wake us up to evaluate ourselves. What we should do with our life each day. Actually, the reason I started the young adult care group, and lately I start to disciple a lot of young people in the church because I find out that, wow, I may be one of them. I may die from COVID-19. I need to prepare the next generation now because if I'm gone, who gonna take care of this church? We need to train people to be disciple. Matthew 6:33 say, "But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well." Everyone say kingdom. I would like to give you some advice and direction here. Basically, we don't know what's gonna happen to us tomorrow. We don't know what the future holds for us. We may not be here tomorrow. I heard the news that one very famous Thai movie star did not wake up next morning. He died. No one knows what's gonna happen tomorrow. We cannot control tomorrow, but we can control our decision each day. We make the right choice or not, and the Bible say we need to make a right choice. What kind of choice? Seek His kingdom first. That is a choice we should make every day. Seek the kingdom of God first. The world system, our sinful nature, may tell us what to do, how we spend time and money, everything. But no matter what the world say, no matter what the news say, no matter what our sinful nature say. We need to be determined that we will seek the kingdom of God first, and He promises when we seek the kingdom of God first, He will provide for all our needs. Now, before I go on to talk about the kingdom of God, I would like to explain the word king, the word king, because we talk about kingdom and king. The idea of having a king is strange to Americans. Because our country here was founded on the idea that we don't need a king or an emperor; we need to vote for the president. But the word "the king" is in the Bible, so we're going to talk about the Bible, not American system here. Who is the king? A king demands the obedience of his citizens. And listen carefully; this is the key: his word. The word of a king is the law of that kingdom. Everyone say the word of the king is the command, is the law. The Bible says that our God Jehovah is the King of the universe and heaven and earth. Psalm nine seven to eight. But the Lord reigns forever, executing judgment from the, His throne. He is a king. He sits on the throne. He reigns. He will judge the world with justice and rule the nations with fairness. Our God sits on the throne. He is the King of all kings. Look at Hebrews chapter one, verse three, in English Standard Version. He is the radiance. He means Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God 
and the exact imprint of His nature. So when you see Jesus, you see God the Father. He represents the Father exact. The way Jesus walked is exactly like the Father, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sin, He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. Look at NIV, the same scripture. The sun is a radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. Sustaining, everyone say sustaining. Everyone say upholding. Sustaining all things by His powerful word. After He had provided purification, the word of the King is the law. And he demand the citizen to obey the law; otherwise, the citizen get into trouble. The Bible say that God, the King, upholds, sustains the whole universe by His word. He created the world by speaking. He created you and me by speaking. He used the word. He's the King. The word of the King is so powerful. What does this mean here? It means this. He created the universe, and what he say make the law in the universe and the planet Earth. We talk about natural law, such as the law of physics, the law of mathematics, the law of gravity, the law of thermodynamics. If you jump out of the building, what happen? You will not float. You're going to be on the ground. Who make that law? God. God speak. This is gonna be the way in the universe, and it's happening every day. Yes, He is supernatural. He is beyond His own law. But for us, we need to follow the law. I remember when I was a resident at University of Washington, I was involved in research for one year at Veteran Hospital. I was working with little rat. Put the medication and study about rat. What happened? I want to find the law, that scientific law, regarding the living being. But I cannot do on human. I did it on the rat, and I wrote a journal and put it in that this is what we find out. This medication will cause this problem or will cause this happen. It's the scientific law, and all this law, scientific law, physics law, mathematic law, the law of gravity. No one can change because it's a law from the mouth of the king. We accept those law, but we rarely ask this question: Where do this law come from? I want to tell you the answer right now. All these laws came from the mouth of God. His word is the law. We can see the presence and the reality of God by looking at the universe. Looking at all the nature, and when we see all the natural law, we know there must be a designer. He is the king. He is the commander. He sit on the throne. Scientific and medical science investigation is only possible if we believe that there is an underlying order due to his law, and we try to discover the law. For example, I study anatomy. Oh, the law is the heart pump, the blood go to the brain, feed the oxygen, feed the food to the organ, and come eventually back to the lungs, and the lung get the carbon dioxide out, give the oxygen back in. This all the physical law of the body, the 
scientific investigation will waste of time if there is no law, if there is no certainty of natural law. The reason we do investigation is to find the natural law, so that we can use those law to help people around us. Is it clear? That's why when you look at science, you know there must be God because He produced the scientific law, and the scientific law will be useful for us when we discover them. If there is no law, we waste our time to do investigation. There is also moral law or spiritual law. The spiritual law, such as you reap what you sow. When you keep sinning, you're going to face death and destruction and corruption. But you walk in the spirit, then you live life and peace. That is spiritual law, and we can send the moral law by our conscience. Do you notice that when you start to think bad? You begin to have some feeling on the inside of you. Oh, conviction here! Something is going on wrong here, and you either try to follow the conscience or you try to defend yourself, called self-righteousness. You try to be justified of your own rebellion, and you come against the law of God. You say, "Oh, you know, I need to hit that guy back, punch him back because he punched me first. But the Holy Spirit keep. Telling your conscience, no, 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 forgive him, do good to him. But your conscience tell you the moral law say, don't punch him back, take him out for dinner, and you keep fighting inside you because the moral law is in there. Your conscience can tell you what is right and what is wrong. So come to this point. I want to say, our God is the law giver. Our God is the one who spoke out the law. His word is the law. And he give us the law. He is the law giver. He is our king. He is the king over the whole universe, heaven and earth. And he expect you and me, every human being, to obey his law and obey his command. We need to submit to the king of all kings and to the lord of all lords. We owe him obedience. But unfortunately, the Bible say that all of us were born. With the sinful nature of Adam and Eve, we were born with a rebellious heart, and every human being, including me, we rebel against God. We cannot obey God on our own strength. We are rebellious people. Thank God, He sent Jesus Christ into the world in the form of a human being, and Jesus obeyed the Father hundred percent. He never sinned. And he gave his life on the cross to pay for your sin as a ransom, because he knew that you cannot obey God completely. We all sin against God, and by His grace, we are saved from the punishment of sin. We are saved because Jesus died for us and paid for our sin, because we rebel against God. We are not perfect. We transgress the law of God all the time. We break the law of God. Sound like everyone enjoy this? <laughs> Only Jesus obeyed the law of God. We receive the gift of salvation from Him. But in order to be saved, the Bible say clearly: Number one, we need to accept the good news that Jesus Christ died for our sin. He died for our sin. He paid for our sin. We need to accept that gift, gift of salvation. 
Number two, not there. Don't stop at only receive the gift of salvation. Number two, we need to believe and call Him Lord, which means He is your King. I hope that hundred percent of people who attend New Hope International Church will be in heaven. I hope so. Okay, I hope hundred percent in this room go to heaven. Not everybody who call themselves Christians will go to heaven because not everybody treat Jesus. As the king, they just say, "Yeah, God forgive me. Thank God, I do whatever I want. I don't care what Jesus say." You need to say, "God, you are my Lord." And not only that, the reason he delay his second coming, he keep postponing. He can come back any time, but he did not come back because he was so patient. He did not want anyone to perish. He want us to repent. So the. Message today. I hope after you listen to this message, you repent and you start to treat Jesus as your King. And whatever Jesus say, you obey Him. If Jesus is your King, you will talk to Jesus this way: Jesus, your word is the law, and this is the command. Yes, we are saved by grace. We are not saved by being legalistic. We are saved by grace because we have sinned from birth to today. We all make mistake. That's why we saved by grace. Jesus died for us. But it doesn't mean that we give excuses not to treat Jesus as a king. That this is the law that we need to follow. I know this is a tough message, but it's in the Bible. Amen. One day, Jesus will come back the second time to end this corrupted world. The current rebellion on earth. He hasn't returned yet, but he will come back. And on that day, we all gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He will sit on the throne as the king. He came the first time in the stable. He was a son of a man named Joseph. But when he come back the second time, he could come back as the king and judge the world. Are you ready to meet him? Some of you are not sure. Revelation chapter 19 verses 11 to 16. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judge, judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire. This scripture talk about Jesus, and on his head are many crowns. He is a king. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. You can see that this scripture talk about Jesus here, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him. The army of angels following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Maybe some of us die before he come back, and we come with the horse with him, come as an army, follow Jesus back second time here to the world. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword, which to strike down the nations. He speak, his word is a double-edged sword. He is the king. What he say is the law has power. He will rule them with an iron scepter. 
He treads the white press of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. He's going to come to judge people who reject Him, and He will come to bless and reward those who serve Him. On His robe and on His thigh, He has His name written. What is the name of Jesus when He come back second time? King of Kings, Lord. Of lords, on the last day, Jesus will come back on a white horse. That's what the Bible say, with the army from heaven. And the Bible say, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, He is Lord. He is the King of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. The question is, is he your King now, or you come to church to find a business? You come to church to sell some product, to make money, or you come to church because Jesus is your King. He will come back again to judge the world. He's the King of all kings. Are you ready to meet the King? John chapter 18. Verses 36 to 37, Jesus was arrested by his enemies, and they took him to the governor named Pilate. Thank God, the angel can come and stop that, but he was willing to be arrested and be killed on the cross so that you and I would be saved. If he did not want to go to the cross, he could do that. He just called the angel, "Come down." Everyone will die in front of him. Look at what happened when Pilate was interrogating Jesus, asking Jesus the question. John chapter 18. When you study the Bible, you can see that the Bible talk about the word kingdom a lot. Kingdom, 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 king, king, kingdom. John 18:36 to 37. Jesus answered, "My kingdom." Everyone say, "God's kingdom." Is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servant would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now, my kingdom, Jesus tried to say he is the king. He said, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king? The Jews arrested Jesus because Jesus claimed to be the savior, the king. And at that time, they thought that Jesus is going to be the king of Israel and he's going to have victory over the Roman Empire and get rid of the enemies, the Roman Empire. But he said, I'm not the king of this earth. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. Is Jesus your king? Some of you don't say yes. Is Jesus your king? Yes. Serious? Or Jesus is your servant making money for you, looking for a girlfriend for you, finding a job for you. Is he your servant or he's your king? Okay. I am a king. For this cause I was born. For this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, hear my voice. Jesus will come 
as the King. Ask yourself every day: Is Jesus my King? If He is your King, you need to submit to Him, obey His word. Jesus was arrested, Jesus was killed, but He said, "I am a King, but my kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is eternal." In the history, there was a theologian named Augustine of Hippo. At that time, a big army came into Rome and want to destroy Roman Empire. This is a true story. Before the theologian Augustine died, he wrote a book called "The City of God," because at that time the Roman Empire welcomed Christianity, and they start to have Christian practice in the Roman Empire. So when the Roman Empire was destroyed by another country, people think that the kingdom of God is being destroyed, but it's not true because the kingdom of God is not of this world. The kingdom of God is not about geographical location. The kingdom of God is not about politics. Which political party you're gonna choose? No, the kingdom of God is not on the geographical map. And where is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? When Jesus says, "Seek the kingdom of God first," where is the kingdom? The kingdom of God is wherever God is obeyed as King. Let me repeat one more time: the kingdom of God is wherever the heart obey God as King. So the kingdom of God is in your heart. If you obey Him, you treat Jesus as a King. You will have salvation. You will go to heaven. Not just only say, "Yeah, Jesus, I believe in you." No, you need to treat Jesus as the King. You remember Jesus taught the disciple in Matthew six nine to ten. Pray like this: Our Father in heaven, may Your name be kept holy. May Your kingdom come soon. Kingdom of God is in heaven. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, the kingdom of God is perfect. No mistake up there. No sickness. No disease. No sin. No rebellion. No demon. No Satan. Nothing in heaven. Perfect. The kingdom of God is in heaven. But in the world, Satan is controlling the world. Sinful nature controlling human being right now. The world system is corrupted, and we pray, God, may Your kingdom come on earth. What does it mean here? Okay, God created us to have free will. God will never force us. This is a difficult part of being a pastor, because if I work for a company and I pay their salary. If they don't do anything for me, I fire them, or I don't give them promotion. But in church, I cannot tell you what to do. I cannot force you to come to church. I cannot force you to serve God. I cannot force you to tithe. It's your own will. You have free will. I cannot do anything only to teach and to be example to you. You have a free will, and you can choose. To obey or to rebel? Is Jesus your King? Will you choose to obey God? 
or you choose to rebel. It's up to you. I know this message is quiet today. People are like, okay. Is the kingdom of God in you? If the kingdom of God in you, what do you do to God? Obey Him. Is that right? The kingdom of God is where a person is obey. Uh, obey the Lord. It's not on the map. The kingdom of God is where the heart yield to God. My brothers and sisters, when we were born again many years ago, and some of you may be born again a few months ago, some of us 30 years ago, Jesus put His flag into our city. But in each city, there are many territories. Chinatown, Federal Way, Bellevue, Kirkland, There are many areas in a city, in a part of that country. So you let God put the flag on one area. But unfortunately, we don't surrender to God in every territory in our life. We still rebel against God in certain area. If God is the King, if Jesus is the King of our life, we should surrender every part of our life to God. Now you look so happy here. Is God king in your career? The reason I never lie to my patient and I never want to perform surgery for money because I can lie and my patient will not know. I just operate and get some paycheck and if the pain is not gone, no problem. Bye-bye. I'm done. I get the paycheck already. But I dare not do that because Jesus is the king of my life. I need to be a doctor, a surgeon who has Jesus as my king. So I'm going to do everything according to his word and his way. Is Jesus king in your relationship? Before you get married, do you ask God, is this the person you want to marry? Or you just follow your own way? Before you come into partnership with somebody, maybe business partnership, or maybe you... Choose a close friend. Is Jesus your king in your relationship with others? Is Jesus king in your finances or your own, your own king? Is Jesus king in your thoughts? Will you surrender to him in your thoughts? Well, I never preached like this before in New Hope. This is the first time. If you don't obey God, You don't treat Jesus as the king. And the Bible talks about expanding the kingdom of God. You know where is the first place to expand the kingdom? Yourself. If you try to preach the gospel to everybody, oh, go to that nation, go to downtown, Chinatown, Bellevue, downtown, preach the gospel, try to get everyone to know Jesus, but you yourself, has no kingship of God, you are wasting your time because you lie to them. You say, Jesus must be your king, but you yourself, Jesus is not your king. You're just trying to do it to show off that I can preach the gospel. Mm. Is Jesus your king? 
I hope you get this message. You need to expand the kingdom by allowing Him to be the king of every part in your life. First, the area of relationship, the area of being husband, a wife, a dad, a mom, being employee, employer, your thoughts, life, your financial life, everything. You need to expand the kingdom inside you, and that process called discipleship. The reason lately I joined the young adult care group and disciple young people on Tuesday evening, because I want them to expand the kingdom of God in them, so that they will grow more and learn. One day when I die, they will rise up to be pastor here to preach the gospel. They will be strong disciple of Jesus Christ. Expanding the kingdom in a, a person is called discipleship. But to tell people about Jesus, about the kingdom of God, we call evangelism. Evangelism is just the beginning. You get people saved, but if you don't disciple them, that's why Jesus say, "Make disciple of all nations." He did not say preach the gospel only. He said, "Make disciple." You get people saved, then you make disciple. You help them to grow, to expand the kingdom of God inside them. There is a battle on the inside, the battle between the sinful nature, the pride, the selfishness inside, and the kingdom of God. We need to surrender to God. We need to allow God to control our heart territory, every single thing. We need to surrender to the King. His word. Is my law? I surrender to you. I serve you. I'm gonna live for the kingdom. I seek the kingdom of God first. I want the kingdom of God to come into me. His will be done on earth, and when His will be done on my life, everything else will come. The blessing, the favor, the prosperity, the healing will come because I bring heaven to live in me and around me. Amen. In conclusion, number one, God is the King. His word is the law, and He showed the law in the natural law, scientific law, physical law. He also gave us the law, spiritual law, or moral law. Second one, are you really born again? Do you really have Jesus as your Lord and your King? You examine yourself. Serious sermon today. This is the reason why I produce a lot of teachings in the YouTube. And MP3, because I want my members to be disciples, to know what God say in the Bible. Now we put in TikTok and Instagram. We're gonna try to spread the word out because sometimes when I look at the TikTok, all the junk in there, a lot of junk people dance like, what? Why you come and dance in front of people like that? It's a waste of time to watch you shaking your butt. Two days ago, TikTok come up on my phone, and a lady screamed, "Ah!" 
Why you scream in front of me? I don't need this. I need the word of God. Crazy. We want to expand the kingdom of God in media, so people will know Jesus and surrender to Jesus. Again, the Bible says, one day every one of us will die. Either die at 140 years old, like Pastor Dan me. No, I'm just kidding. Or you die soon. One day we're gonna die, and after this world, we're gonna be in eternity, either heaven. Eternal heaven or eternal hell. Hell is real. Heaven is real. Therefore, please wake up now. Because we don't know we're going to have tomorrow. We may die tonight. Who knows? Please give your life to Jesus as the king of your life now. I wrote this lesson during pandemic time. And I look back, I'm so glad that I lived this way all this time. Since I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord, I treat Him as my King. I never miss church. I serve God. I read the Bible. Whenever He said, do this, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I treat Jesus as my King. All these 40 years. Now I look back, thank God. I have been practicing what I taught here for 40 years. Anything that God say, I do it. He is my king. Yes, we are saved by grace. But Jesus say, if you love me, you obey my commands. If you love him and you treat him as king, you obey him. This kind of preaching is not popular in America. It's okay? Do you treat this Bible as the word from the king? Are you serious about the Bible? Or you give us excuses? Oh no, that verse I don't like it. Oh, I don't... The word of the king. Father, we thank you, Lord, for reminding us how to be a truly born-again Christian, how to really have the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven in our life on earth here, Lord. Lord, we want to treat Jesus as our king. We want to obey you, Lord. We want your word to become our law. We're not going to play game. Lord, you are the king of our life, Lord, in this church. I cannot force my brothers and sisters, but for me and my house, you are the king. And for New Hope International Church, as long as we live here, you are the king of this church. We're going to do whatever you say, Lord. We will not play game with you. We will not rebel against you. We submit to you because you're the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. You're going to come back again, Lord, to judge the world in righteousness. And Lord, one day when we stand before you, 
you will say, "Good and faithful servants, come in and rejoice with me." And this is your reward in heaven, your mansion, your crowd, your reward, because we serve the King. Lord, we take serious about the kingdom of God. We want to preach the gospel and tell people about Jesus Christ. Lord, use our teaching and our biblical encouragement in YouTube, in Instagram, in Facebook, in TikTok, Lord, to reach to the world, Father, that they are being bombarded by the system of the world right now, Father. We thank you, Father, Lord, and we become your ambassadors on earth here. You are the King, and we are your ambassador. Everywhere we go, we're gonna lead people to you. We represent you in action, in words, in our lifestyle, Lord. People will see Jesus in us, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let us confess together. That Jesus is our King, Amen? Amen. Let's confess. Follow my prayer, Father in heaven. I realize, Lord, I am not perfect. I have sinned against you, but I repent. You are my God. Jesus is my King. Lord Jesus, come into my life. You may be in other part of my life, but today you're gonna sit on the throne of my life. I'm not my own God anymore. I'm not telling myself what to do. I'm not my own master. Jesus, you are my master, my Lord, my King. You are the King. Of my time, the finances, relationships, my job, my doing and going. Every day, you are my king. Thank you, Lord. My name is recorded in the book of life in heaven, and one day we will meet you, Lord. Get us ready, Lord. Help us to be ready to meet the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Lord, may Your kingdom come into my life, into this city, into my family, into the nation I came from, and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty